are you doing today? It's a beautiful day in my part of the world, and I'm just so excited, as always, to welcome you to another day in Liberation Challenge. So today, I want us to talk about what you may not know about your identity, the real reason why your identity gets attacked, and why you must fight to be fully grounded in and totally aligned with your identity. So welcome again. You see, many times we want to ask ourselves the question, why am I here? Before asking, who am I? That you're here for a specific purpose is not something that can be questioned. But you see, it's impossible for you to walk in purpose. And in fact, you'll be completely off tangent without first knowing, understanding and becoming one with who you are. And I'm not just talking about naming it and claiming it or confessions, or writing positive affirmations, sticking them on your mirror, writing them out in your journal and declaring them every morning. No, those things are great, but that's not really what this is about. I'm talking about becoming aligned with who you really are at your core. And even your confessions and affirmations from must flow from that place of oneness and that place of alignment with your core. So you don't just screen grab everything you see and start declaring them over yourself because really they may not be aligned to who you are and where you're going, right? So you must first be aligned and get in the process of being aligned with who you really and truly are at your core, okay? And I really do hope that you believe you have a preordained purpose because you do. And I know it's sometimes hard to accept because... You may just be there feeling like, where's the purpose? I've been looking for this purpose thing all my life. Since I was 18 years old, I've been searching for purpose. I've been hearing this whole discourse on purpose. But I just don't seem to be able to find mine. I've been searching, right? But you do have a preordained purpose. And as we go along, you just might see why you've been struggling to discover yours. And by the way, purpose isn't what you likely think it is. Because people often confuse purpose with assignment. And there are two different things. Assignments are integral part of your purpose, but they are not your purpose. So what you find is that if you're not operating, you know, in a certain level of activity, you feel like you're not working in purpose. But that's not the truth. Because there are seasons of your life where you're not doing much and you are in purpose. You're smack in purpose. And there are seasons of your life where you're doing assignments that don't even seem connected to your purpose, yet you're also in purpose. You're right where God wants you to be. So don't get fixated. That's not our discourse for today. So I'm not really going to go into the details of the difference between purpose and assignment. Perhaps at another time and in another meeting or platform, we can um, dive further into that. And of course, if you're in Liberation Bootcamp, you will get an opportunity to really um, sit in even further with this discourse. Okay, so establish it in your heart that if you didn't have a purpose, you would not be here. And in fact, let me just tell you this. God did not create you and then assign you a purpose after creation. No. You see, he first had a purpose in mind, an assignment that needed to be accomplished on the earth, a problem that needed to be solved. And then he thought of what kind of person he would need to fulfill that purpose, what skills that person needed to have what personality type that person needed to be, what race that person had to come from. You see, and then based on that specification that he had in mind of the kind of person who would accomplish his purpose, he formed you. So your purpose was established long before you were born. It really was. The guy who invented the car 
um, as, as we know today, Carl Benz. In 1886 was when he invented the first car in the world. This guy did not just create something. He did not just create a machine and then say, okay, so what is this machine going to be used for? No, it's impossible to create anything of value if its purpose is not established before that thing is created. There was something about the transportation system of that day that bothered him. He saw a problem that needed to be fixed, right? He saw, he saw a challenge in society that needed a solution. And based on that, he went ahead to do his research and he went ahead to invent a car. And before he even invented the car, he said, okay, how is this thing going to operate? Okay, it's going to need four um, tires. It's going to need a steering. Oh, there's something that's got to, you know, be able to re regulate the speed um, of, of this machine. All right, we need a brake. We need an accelerator. So he thought about what needed to be done, the problems that needed to be solved before he invented that thing and crafted it the way it was crafted. And it's the same with God. It's the same with God. With God is the purpose before the person. The purpose comes before the person. It's ordination before creation. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I ordained you, right? So your purpose was predetermined, and I really want you to settle it in your heart. You're not searching for purpose. No, your purpose is there. It's not lost. <laughs> it's not lost, right? Even before we were born, Scripture tells us that even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works that we would do to fulfill it. So your life was made before you were made. I'm telling you, you were born winning. You were born with something better than a silver spoon. And even if you don't feel like it, you must settle it in your heart that God doesn't lie. And his word is true. And the enemy of your soul wants you to think that his word is not true. So he, the enemy of your soul just wants you to, you know, just be carrying your face like, this whole scripture thing, it's not, it's not quite working for me because I can't really just see the fruit of this whole purpose talk in my life. That's what the enemy of your soul wants you to believe. And you must decide to believe the word. You must decide to believe that what God says is true. Because remember that this is an age-old strategy of the enemy. From the foundation of the earth, he has been trying to deceive man into thinking that God doesn't really mean what he says. So don't fall for it. You are the one that needs to come up higher in your thinking and belief system. And you need to ask yourself, why is the enemy so bent on getting me to doubt? Why is he so bent on, on getting you to doubt your identity? Why does he try so hard to keep you depressed and just keep you deceived about your identity? Keep you just confused in general? It's because he's afraid of you and your purpose is a threat to his kingdom. Listen, the greatest preoccupation of the enemy of your soul is to see to it that you don't fulfill purpose. And he knows that one of the biggest ways for him to attack your purpose and to get you not to fulfill it is to attack your identity, right? He wants to destroy your purpose, so he attacks your identity. I'll say it again. He wants to destroy your purpose, so he attacks your identity. Why does he want to destroy your purpose so much? <laughs> it's because at the core of your purpose, at the very core of your purpose, is a God-given agenda. It's a kingdom agenda. Wherever you have been sent, wherever you are, whatever you do, whether you are an events planner, 
you're a decorator, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a politician, you're a business owner, you're a career person, you're in ministry. At the core of your purpose is to bring glory to God, is to establish God's modus operandi, is to propagate the gospel. And you don't have to be a pastor, right? It's to propagate the agenda. It's to destroy the works of the devil by just bringing glory to God. And that's a threat to the kingdom of darkness. That's a threat to the enemy. So he's going to do everything he can to come against your purpose. When the enemy tempted Jesus, what did he go for? It was Jesus' identity. <laughs> he said, if you are the son of God, then do this. If you're the son of God, then do that. Do you think the devil did not know that Jesus was the son of God? Do you think he just wanted to confirm if Jesus was the son of God? No, the devil knew full well. He knew very well who Jesus was. He wanted to be sure. He wanted to see if Jesus knew who he was. Because he knew that if he could get Jesus confused about his identity, if he could get Jesus confused and questioning his identity, he could destroy Jesus' purpose. That's all he was after. He was after Jesus' purpose. He was after the destruction of the purpose for which Jesus came. And remember that scripture tells us that for this purpose was the Son of God made manifest that he may destroy the works of the wicked. Right? So at the center of Jesus' purpose was the destruction of the work of the devil. Because if Jesus was going to go ahead and save the whole world and lead everybody to eternal life and salvation in him, the enemy was doomed. His kingdom and realm was going to get depopulated. And so he was mad at that. That's what he was afraid of. And that's why he went to attack Jesus' identity. Because he knew that if he could get Jesus confused, then he could get Jesus to fall. And if he could get Jesus to fall, the purpose would have been jeopardized. So you can even see that a lack of establishment in your identity will cause you to give in to lies. It will cause you to give in to temptation. If you're confused, you'll be easily susceptible, right? It will be easy for you to fall. That's when you start entertaining toxic relationships. That's when you will not have boundaries in your life because you don't even know who you are. So you're tossed around. And that's how the enemy will just lure you away from your true purpose. But that will not be you. And I remember a time in my life where I was very confused about my identity. I didn't know who I was. I had taken on so many of the labels that had been placed on me by my environment. I believed that I was shy. I believed that I was average, that there was nothing so special about me, especially because, you know, the, the things I was gifted in were not the things that were really valued and praised and esteemed by the educational system of our day. You know, I was great with my writing and, and I've shared this story countless times. I was great with, you know, just every other thing except mathematics and sciences. And no one really esteemed those things. I'm thankful for my parents who, you know, just really embraced my, my gifting and, you know, even really encouraged me in it. But School back then, everybody thought, oh, why is she an art student? Her brother is a science student, you know. She's, you know, so I felt like I wasn't smart enough. Yet I was extremely gifted, very talented in other areas, right? But I despised them because my environment conditioned me to despise them, right? So I grew up just really being um, fragile as far as my identity was concerned. I thought I was average. I thought I was, you know, lazy. I thought I was just not smart enough. I thought 
I was very shy because I was intro. I am introverted actually, and people try to make me feel like, oh, she's she's just such a shy girl. So I believed that I was shy, and shy is not even shy is a label. There's nothing cool about it, right? <laughs> I believed all those things, and I took it on. I lived it out for so long in my life, and what I did not realize was that I had also become conditioned to start seeking approval in the wrong places, to start searching for affirmation in the wrong places. And that was how I got into a web of failed relationships, got into a toxic relationship that almost claimed my destiny. And it's all because I was not established in my identity. And you need to get my book Unchained because there's a whole chapter there on identity giving you practical expose by taking you on my own journey. So that's what the enemy does. And you see, if I had continued that way without an intervention by our gracious God, there's no way on earth that I could be doing what I'm doing now. There is no way on earth that I could be fulfilling my purpose. And that would have been mission accomplished for the wicked one. So do you see that what he's really after is your purpose? That's what he's really after. Many of us are leaving out labels that were placed on us as kids. And we've never come into our true identity. Like all you know about yourself is what was said to you about yourself. Is what someone else said about you. Is what your teacher said. Is what that auntie said. Is what your parents said. Is what they called you. That's what you call yourself. You haven't met yourself. All you know is someone else's opinion of you. So they told you you were lazy. They said you were shy. They said you were stupid. They said you were not so smart, not so pretty. You were too this, you were too that. And you took on those labels subconsciously. You believed them so much that they became your reality. And now you are living an inferior brand of life than the one you really were created to live. And it's time to start shedding those labels. And it's time to begin to come into alignment with the core of your identity. Some of us don't even know our strengths and giftings. You don't even know what you're good at. You don't know what you enjoy doing because all you see are the limiting levels that have been placed on you. You've been conditioned to believe that some of the ways that you're uniquely crafted by God are weaknesses. For example, this shy matter, I talk about it a lot. There's a difference between being shy and being introverted. They're not the same thing and don't let anybody make you feel like you're shy. Because I, for instance, would never speak up at meetings. I remember when I was working in the bank and there would be meetings, I would never speak up. I would never speak up because I just felt like I was shy. I didn't have anything to say. And it's because it was a label placed on me and I believed it so much. It was my reality. But there is nothing shy about me. I'm introverted, yes, but I actually am not shy. I write, I speak before people and I flow effortlessly. But I could never do that before because I believed a lie. I believed a label that was placed on me. So for someone who is introverted thinking that they can't face a crowd or they can't, you know, they can't be a TV presenter or a radio um, show host because they're too quiet. It's a lie. It's a label. It's a limiting label. You can be introverted and still be the best radio show presenter, radio show host, whatever they call it. Your personality type is not a limiting factor for anything that you were called or ordained to do. Please settle it in your heart. Let me tell you this, and this is something that the Lord showed me, and it is mind-blowing. If you can believe it, 
if you can become one with it, if you can embrace it and become one with it, wow, you're going to be astonished at what you're going to be doing. You're, you will change. You will see yourself change. If you're introverted, it's because you are expressing an aspect of the nature of God. I'm telling you, that introversion that you have, you're wishing that you could change, you're wishing you could you know, be more outgoing like that, your friend, you don't know that introversion is an aspect of the nature of God. Hey, please listen to me. I'm not saying that God is introverted. No, we cannot define God like that because introversion or the word introvert is a man-made word, right? And we really cannot describe our God like that. We can't put him in a box. It's just a description that attempts to classify human beings into a personality type. So our God cannot be classified like that. But I'm saying that essentially what you are expressing is a part of the nature of God. You know, God is the lion and the lamb. And those are symbolic images for two personality types. So if you're thinking ferocious, think God. If you're thinking calm and gentle, which is the lamb, think God. But see, the thing is, you certainly cannot describe God as forward or shy. So even though we say, you know, that the, 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 the spirit of God is represented in form of a dove sometimes, are you going to call God shy? No. Or we say that he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Are you going to call God aggressive? No. No. Those are the limiting labels that are placed on you based on someone's misconception of your personality type. So you need to start telling yourself, if it does not describe God, it should not define me. That should be your mantra. If it does not describe God, it should not define me. You must know that you are who you are because of whose you are. There are times when people will look at you and they will just be like, you just look like your mother. Oh, you just look like your father. Why? It's because you express certain parts of their nature. Maybe you smile like them, you talk like them, you walk like them, you have their mannerisms. Yes, it's because they're your parents. It's because they're your father or your mother. You, you are essentially who you are because of whose you are. And it was Lisa Bevere that said, we discover who we are in the revelation of whose we are. So the easiest way to get in alignment with your identity is to get immersed in the revelation of God's identity. I want you to also settle it in your heart once and for all that you were made in his image. Please hear me with your inner ears. It's not just cliche because we, we know this thing so well. That God created them male and female and that he created them in his image. What does it even mean to be created in the image of God? What does that even mean? Like it has a literal expression to it. There is no mincing words. I'm telling you that God says what he means. You were made in his image. So if you are reserved, you're quiet, you're introspective, it's because there's an aspect of God's nature that is. That's the aspect of God's nature that is tender, patient, kind, gentle. His voice is still and calm. So you don't need to despise yourself because, or wish that you were someone else because you are expressing an aspect of your father's nature and you need to begin to embrace it and be wowed that you have a God and a father who would just so graciously impart and pour himself into you that you are expressing his image. If you are extroverted, because I'm not leaving the extroverts out of it, I don't want you to feel like, so because me, I'm introverted. 
I'm only talking to the introverts. No, it's the same with you if you're extroverted. You're bubbly. You're the life of the party, right? You must know that our God himself is extra. You are not as extra. You cannot be as extra as our God. He is extra. This God, he split a mighty rock, caused an earthquake, released a mighty wind, and then he eventually just decided to show up in a still small voice. Who does that? That's Ephesi now. <laughs> He's extra. He clothes himself in light. Like, He's so extravagant. He sits in the heavens and then spreads his legs. He makes the earth his footstool. Where he lives, the ground is made of pure gold. He is extra big and he's, he's extra. His voice, the Bible tells us, is like the sound of many rushing waters. So in that sense, he's not even quiet. So he's everything. He's, his person is vast. God doesn't have a personality type. He is a person and he is vast. His person is vast. And I want you to fully step into your identity. See, there's a part of being the righteousness of God in Christ. There's a part of being, you know, we're all, you're pure, you're holy, you're sanctified. That's the generic identity that we all have in God. I'm saying I want you to begin to step into your own unique identity in God. I'm saying that even your own unique personality type flows from his own vast and limitless person. So you must settle into it without wanting to be someone else. Because you were created to express his glory and his nature and his image. So you're leaving your seat vacant every time you try to be someone else. Every time you try to be inauthentic. And your purpose stays jeopardized as long as you're unable to settle into your God-given identity. You must stop believing the limiting labels that were placed on you by those who misunderstood and misinterpreted your personality. You were set up to succeed. There's nothing about your wiring that puts you at a disadvantage. I want you to also stop despising the things God has placed inside of you. Stop despising the things that God has given you, the gifts. Stop despising your wiring. Stop despising your talents. Stop pretending like you, are, you, you don't have any talent or that you're not gifted. It's because you're looking at someone else's gifting and you're thinking, wow, if only I had that. And you're saying, all I have is a jar of oil. But you don't even know that your jar of oil is more than enough to sustain you and bless your world. Stop saying, I'm so little. I'm so inadequate. I'm not enough. Stop it. And if you read my, my, um, my email recently about salt, you see that you only need a little salt. I was saying there, you only need just a little pinch of salt to make all the difference. You are enough. You're more than enough. You're potent enough. You're powerful enough. Everything you need is in you. You don't need to become more than you are. You need to evolve into all that you are. That's what you need to begin doing. Stop despising yourself and your talent and saying, oh, it's just one talent. Like the guy with the one talent went to bury his because he didn't have five because his master didn't give him five. If you trade with your one talent, you will multiply exponentially. And stop listening to naysayers. Stop listening to jesters. Because part of the reason that we struggle so much with our identity and purpose and all of this is that we're always talking to the wrong people. You're situated in the wrong environment. And you're telling everyone your business. You're telling everyone what you want to do with your life, who you are, where you're going, the, you, the next thing you want to execute. No. And it's because it's fueling the distraction. You need to stop sharing your dreams with mockers. Because they will distract you, they will dissuade you, they will discourage you. 
And that's how you're going to get lured out of purpose or lured away from purpose. But that's not going to be you. You need to situate yourself in communities where you will thrive, where you will grow, where your unique gifts, where your unique endowments will find expression. And that's why you need to register for Liberation Bootcamp, where for three months, all you're exposed to is light in an enabling environment that is just designed to see you begin flying high, emotionally, spiritually, as far as your personal transformation is concerned, where you're going to be drilled, where you're going to be doing, <laughs> you're going to be doing, it's a boot camp. So we're getting hands-on. It's not just talk. Nobody's going to sit with you all day and talk to you and, you know, no, you're going to get in the work. You're going to be giving assignments and workbooks and you're going to submit them and you're going to track your, your transformation. Because you have to be changed by the end of the 12 weeks. So you need to situate yourself in communities like that. The sooner you get in alignment with your unique identity, without wishing them away, the earlier you can step into rare possibilities. And I'm speaking especially to people who feel like there isn't much to them. They're not spectacular. They cannot sing. They cannot write. They cannot speak in public. They can, all they can do is, uh, well, they, they can just walk with their hands. Or, you know, they're just really, they, their heart is just compassionate. Or they're just great at organizing things. And you think it's nothing. You think it's small. You don't even know the vast possibilities that await you. Because what you consider to be a weakness is just an invitation into an arena that is not so saturated and you have the opportunity to thrive to do exponentially well but you are despising what you have please stop despising your jar of oil it is more than enough stop despising that your one talent is more than enough and it's only when you get to using it that you will even begin to discover all the other things that you can do all the other things that you're made of listen it was when i actually stepped into purpose stepped into an alignment with my identity that i was opened up to my purpose I wasn't searching for purpose. See, I had been in a place in my life where I really was searching for purpose. I was asking, what am I here for? Before asking, who am I? And as long as I kept searching for purpose without getting grounded in my identity, I was never able to fulfill purpose. But the moment I became grounded in my identity and I settled fully into me, my purpose opened up. I was no longer searching for purpose. So chances are, if you are really searching for purpose, if you are the one looking for purpose, sweating every day, looking for purpose, you're not doing it the right way. You shouldn't be searching for purpose. You should step into purpose. You should evolve into purpose. You should emerge into purpose. That's what should happen. Once you are fully grounded in your identity, you will not even be searching. You will just find yourself, ah, this is purpose. I'm in purpose. <laughs> That's what will happen. So this work of becoming aligned with your core, getting rooted in your identity is the foundation for every other thing. There are so many things I will not even talk to you about. We cannot start talking about until we get you situated. And in Liberation Bootcamp, the first one month, that's what we are going to be doing. <laughs> you, mu you must see yourself. You must know yourself. You must meet yourself. You must be get to a place where you are astonished by yourself, where at your by yourself, by who you are, where you are astounded by you, where you're looking at yourself and you're saying, wow, I'm a masterpiece. And you're being grateful to God for crafting you the way he crafted you. Every time you despise the things that God has placed in you, you're insulting his wisdom. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. Please stop looking at other people. Stop searching for purpose around you. 
rather than from within you. You were created to live an authentic life that will glorify God. And it doesn't matter how, how successful you think you are living another person's life or living out another person's purpose. As far as God is concerned, you haven't done anything. It doesn't count for anything because that's not what he sent you to do. And that's not who he created you to be. So the task I have for you today is to go back, sit with this podcast episode and ask yourself, who am I? And I'm not just talking about who you are in Christ. Don't write, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Just those things are true, but they're also generic to every believer. I'm saying you need to know and write out in the simplest sense how God wired you, who he created you to be, without the, the labels, without the biases, without the limitations that have been placed on you. Get to know yourself and really ask yourself, who am I? What do I like? What do I hate? What makes me happy? What makes me sad? What am I naturally gifted at? What are my natural inclinations? What breaks my heart? What makes my heart sore? You need to meet yourself. Call a meeting with yourself. Sit with yourself and ask yourself questions. And you'll be astonished at the things you will find there. And that's how you begin to create an architecture of authenticity for yourself, where you can no longer be pushed around. You can no longer just go anywhere just because everybody else is going and it will be somehow if you don't come along but you know deep in your heart that you don't want to go because it's not aligned with who you are what do you want to eat Eh, anything because you don't you you've just not settled into an identity into your identity and this is what i love and the other food for you that you, you are struggling to eat the food but you cannot say this is what i want i'm serious it's as basic as that it all stems from a lack of establishment in your identity. So ask yourself, who am I? How am I wired? And as you do, as you emerge into your identity, you're going to find out that you're no longer chasing shadows. You're going to find out that you're no longer searching for purpose. Your purpose is what will start chasing you. It will start calling your name because your purpose recognizes you. That's it. There has to be a match between your identity and your purpose. Your purpose has to recognize you. Otherwise, it will will keep running away from you. It will say, no, this is not the person I'm called to. But when you stand in your identity, your purpose will recognize you. Your purpose will be like, aha, this is the person that is going to leave me out. This is the person that is going to execute me excellently. And your purpose will start gravitating towards you. You will just find that you are emerging into it. So let's reorder our priorities. Let's start searching first and seeking to be truly established in our identity. And purpose will definitely follow suit. I really do hope that you've had an amazing time with me today because I truly have. And I'm just really looking forward to hearing from you when we're discussing later this evening in our learning and accountability group. I want to see how this has impacted you. I want to hear how it is changing you. And I just really look forward to an amazing time discussing with you later today. So you have a wonderful day ahead and I love you. Bye for now.